0: I have often asked myself how much of my mother's account of her meeting with her first husband was a figment of her imagination. If not for the photographs, I would have doubted that he had ever existed. A friend once talked of my mother's admirable resistance to the unwanted. And since for her so much in life was unwanted, she invented stories about herself that she came to believe with such conviction that we started doubting our own certainties. In her mind, their courtship began with a dance. It seemed more likely to me that his parents would have asked her father for her hand, a marriage of convenience between two prominent families, as had been the convention in Tehran in the 1940s. But over the years, she never changed the story the way she did so many of her other accounts. She had met him at her uncle's wedding. She was careful to mention that in the morning she wore a flowery chine dress and in the evening one made of Duchesse satin and they danced all evening. After my father had left, she would say, and then immediately add, because no one dared dance with me in my father's presence. The next day, he asked for her hand in marriage. Safie. I cannot remember ever hearing his last name spoken in our house. We should have called him Mother's First Husband, or perhaps by his full title, Seiful Molke Bayat. But to me, he was always Seyfi, good-naturedly part of our routine. He insinuated himself into our lives with the same ease with which he stood behind her in their wedding pictures, appearing unexpectedly and slyly whirling her away from us. I have two photos from that day. Safi appears relaxed and affable, while my mother, who is in the middle of the group, stands frozen like a solitary centerpiece. He seems nonchalantly, confidently happy. But perhaps I'm wrong, and what I see on his face is not hope, but utter hopelessness, because he too has his secrets. There was something about her story that always bothered me, even as a child. It seemed not so much untrue as wrong. Most people have a way of radiating their potential, not just what they are, but what they could become. I wouldn't say my mother didn't have the potential to dance. It is worse than that. She wouldn't dance, even though by all accounts she was a good dancer. Dancing would have implied pleasure, and she took great pride in denying herself pleasure or any such indulgences. All through my childhood and youth, the shadow of that other ghostly woman who danced and smiled and loved disturbs the memories of the one I knew as my mother. I have a feeling that if somehow I could understand just when she stopped dancing, when she stopped wanting to dance... I would find the key to my mother's riddle and finally make my peace with her. For I resisted my mother, if you believe her stories, almost from the start. I have three photographs of my mother and Safie; Two are of their wedding, but I am interested in the third, a much smaller picture of them out on a picnic, sitting on a rock. They are both looking into the camera, smiling. She's holding on to him in the casual manner of people who are intimate and do not need to hold on to one another too tightly. Their bodies seem to naturally gravitate together. Looking at the photograph, I can see the possibility of this young, perhaps not yet frigid woman, letting go. I find in the photograph the sensuality that we always missed in my mother in real life. When, I would say... When did you graduate from high school? How many years later did you marry Safi? What did he do? When did you meet Father? No matter what I asked her, she would tell me the same stock stories. Later, when I left Iran, I asked one of my students to interview her, and I gave specific questions to ask, but I got back the same stories. No dates, no concrete facts. Nothing that went outside my mother's set script. Some facts are on record. Her father-in-law, Saham sultan e was a wealthy landowner who had seen one royal family, the Qajars, replaced by another, the Pahlavis. Mother sometimes boasted that she was related to Seyfi on her mother's side and that they were both descendants of Qajar kings. During the 50s and 60s, when I was growing up, being related to the Rajars, who according to the official history books represented the old absolutist system, was no feather in anyone's cap.